0: Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter,
1: tears, and real talk are all invited.
0: Here we go. Okay, hey, welcome to the show, Nicole. Um, today, Ken's and I are chatting with Nicole Caruso. Um, she is a wife, mother, and an author um, of her upcoming book, Worthy of Wearing, um, which comes out this month. Um, And so um, a little bit more about Nicole. Um, She was born in Manhattan to two native New Yorkers who met working in the garment industry. Um, So fashion has been in her family blood, in her family business um, for years and years. And it is a lot of the um, through line of her beautiful book coming out. So Nicole, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. We're so excited. I feel like Um, we've been watching you for a while now just you you have this like niche thing that not a lot of um, catholic women talk about and now i think it's becoming popular because of you um you've tied in beauty and i guess respecting the dignity of what it means to be a woman and tying it in with our beautiful faith Mm -hmm. yes yeah so awesome. And
0: so, I guess, like Nicole, could you dive in, like, how, like, what? Give us a little bit about you. Like, I think we talked a little offline that Kenz and I um, lived in New York for many years. We have such a heart for that city, and it's awesome to hear like your families from there. And I know fashion was such a big thing um, in the city. So, could you just like take us back to like how your love um, of fashion and beauty kind of bloomed, and and how this book came to be.
2: I mean, you know, it started, I think, from just being born in New York City and and having two parents that absolutely love personal style. And they worked in New York in the garment industry um, in sales and design. And so even after, you know, my mom left her job to be a stay-at-home mom with me, it was still very much part of the day-to-day, like how we got dressed. Um, you know, they, my my parents really taught us how to... Dress for certain occasions, and that was very much part of um, how I started to learn. You know what shoes were for playing outside, and what shoes we wore to, you know, go out to dinner or something like that. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with that feeling of you know just like a little girl I have a 7-year-old daughter so when she puts on a dress that makes her feel beautiful she's twirling she's jumping she's like look at me I'm wearing a beautiful dress <laughs> uh and I think you know as we get older we lose that sort of childlike joy but I think we can rekindle it and we can find clothes that make us feel that little bit of confidence that then then we can you know just step out into the world into the life that we serve each day and just have that little bit of extra joy um mm-hmm. so I started to see that as a new mom. I was sort of putting all of my, you know, favorite clothes to the back of the closet and just kept basically washing the same load of laundry every week. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it was easy. And on the one hand, because those clothes were durable and I didn't care if they got stained. But when I would catch myself in the mirror at three o'clock, I was like, is this who I'm turning into? Like, who is this person, you know? (laughs) I can't listen to this. I feel so seen. (laughs) Nicole. I was just like, what's going on? Like, is this what motherhood looks like? Like, it really started to make me question very deeply, is this what I'm called to do as a mom? And I just had this feeling like you can't let go of yourself. You Mm -hmm. just can't let... Like that's still part of you. Those clothes are still that part of you that, that felt so good walking down the street in New York city in that blazer, she's still in there, you know? So mm-hmm. we need to really just incorporate, um, the things that make us feel that way, even though we may be home. And I'm not telling people they need to wear sequins and high heels to wash the dishes. Um, <laughs> unless that's your thing, you know, good <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. yeah. But, you know, uh, we can also, you know, clothes can get washed, uh, you know, stains can get, get, you know, get taken out in the laundry. Um, and the clothes are not what make us dignified. We bring dignity to the clothes, um, Mm. but we can also dress for our day too. And, and not just totally give up and, and, uh, and sort of lose ourselves in the process.
1: Wow. (laughs) Beautiful. That's great. That's the episode, you guys.
0: That's that's it. That is Thanks nothing. for having me. Get, get, dressed. get dressed. I feel like every woman listening, well, most women listening to this podcast, I think are really gonna identify with everything you just said. I mean, even myself, like today I was like teleworking and my daughter was sick. And I it's this, it's exactly what you described. Like there was definitely a point in the day where I'm like okay, I have a sports bra on and like, I don't think I put any makeup on and my hair. And like, even though I was just taking her for walks up and down the street, I'm like, my poor neighbors are probably, I was literally thinking that I'm like, my neighbors are probably like, what's wrong with Bridget. (laughs) But I think that when you dress better, it's almost like your whole day is better. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's some science to that. Um, but I just think it's beautiful that you went for it and saw this need. And, um, I guess something really interesting to me about the book is like what when was the moment that you were like, this is something that so many women talk about that I should probably create something for it.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've I've been dreaming of writing a coffee table book since I was super young. And I just I I had the theme in mind. I knew I wanted it to be about style and beauty. Um, but I think it took some living life, you know, it took some, some years and some mistakes to sort of figure out, uh, what, what would be the kicker? What would be that, that beautiful, um, point of change? And I think seeing in my own life that some of my deepest wounds came from not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough, not feeling like part of the popular crowd or accepted by my peers, um, that's where I started to notice that other women had to be feeling the same way as me, and so I think I first started talking about it in 2018 with just like my, you know, girlfriends. Were that those those were my only Instagram followers back then. They were just my, just my, you know, hundred friends from you know college and high school, and just mm-hmm. said to them, look, like. I've been feeling this way. You guys, you know, do you ever feel this way? Do you just save your clothes? Are they collecting dust in the closet like mine are? And why are we doing this? You know, why can't we feel good? Why can't we wear those earrings that make us feel... Um, special, you know, so even though we're home and the resounding yes was so encouraging to me and it did make me see that I was not alone and that this was a a problem a lot of women were having. There was just this sort of chasm between I want to love God and serve him in my vocation, but I also want to feel like a woman and I want to feel uh, set apart, you know, I want to feel worthy. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was sort of in this, um, you know, sort of making it a mindset and making it a habit every day to say, you know what, those clothes are worthy of wearing and I'm going to do it anyway, even if it feels Mm -hmm. silly at first, um, kind of working on that muscle memory is what, when I started to notice change in my life and then seeing other people message me their stories, um, people that I don't even know that have said, oh my gosh, I have to tell you about this thing that happened to me. Because I've been dressing for my day every day. Uh and it's just wow. so humbling and um, it's uh, truly emotional to see the beautiful changes that can happen.
1: Wow. That's beautiful, Nicole. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I feel like the when I hear you speak, I keep the 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 words that keep coming to my mind are feminine genius. And it's like jp two's birthday was is today, right? Yes. And he coined that amazing phrase and It's just about owning who you are. We don't throw it away um, the minute we become moms and we don't forget about all our whole life before, you know, kids come, we can bring that into our world. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is how were you able, Bridge and I talk about this all the time with our careers and um, our faith and how both are so important to us and our families, but how did you know that what, what caused you to bring the two together and not just ditch your beautiful Catholic faith for, you know, these, these industry dreams, you could have just been in the industry the rest of your life. And I don't know, I want to hear more about that.
2: Yeah, you know, I had a moment where it was literally like, I had the two roads ahead of me. Um, I was working at Giorgio Armani as a temp and I was being offered basically a follow-on to my position, which could have landed me a full-time position. And then I was also just looking at um, the fact that I was not seeing my husband at all. Um, I was the skinniest I've ever been and not for lack of eating, but just because of the stress and just Mm -hmm. constantly moving and chasing taxis and running up and down subway staircases. Um, And I looked at my boss and thought, is that the person I'm trying to become? Like, right. wow. let me just right. take a look at her life. Okay. She's so a simple. VP of sales. Wow. You know, she's got an apartment on park Avenue South. Like, so is that what I'm trying to go for here? <laughs> and, uh, and she and I had a very difficult working relationship. And so I think, um, kind of taking all of that into discernment, right? Because we have to be discerning all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. are we in the Mm -hmm. right place? Is this the right job? You know, you can't be paralyzed. You have to sometimes jump in. So, you know, I jumped in two feet, um, but in the day-to-day experiences really saw, okay, this is not allowing time for prayer this is not allowing time for me to grow closer to my spouse i have zero time for friends and i've and there was one day where i almost missed sunday mass for the first time in probably you know decades because oh. of this job and so when it finally came down to it i was like i'm not willing to sacrifice my soul literally mm-hmm. for this industry mm. um and i just actually ended up finding a mass and, uh, saw they had a line for confession. And, uh, you know, obviously the Holy spirit was like, get it, get in the line, like go. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> so the priest in the confessional, like was very New York and just was like, sounds like you need to get a new job. Like no joke. Uh, like, yes. and I was like, just weeping, you know, like Father oh. like you just said everything. Like I need to hear, you know? <laughs> um, and of course he didn't know me <laughs> at all, but, right. uh, but just that, that like sort of release of just saying like, you know what, God has put these desires in my heart to work with women, to mm-hmm. use style as a way to connect with people, but I don't have to do it the way the world is telling me to do it. I can, I can sort of move away and God will show me and he did. And now here we are with this wow. come out and, um, Just all these beautiful stories that have been coming from this whole idea. So, you know, it's just, I want to encourage anyone that's listening that may feel like, well, I should do this and I should do that and I should do this and I have to just hang on, you know. And we have this whole beautiful idea and understanding of suffering in our faith, but there's suffering for like the good of the body of Christ and the good of your soul. And then there's suffering that's just like going to ruin you. Right. (laughs) Right, You know? Um, And so that was, you know, now being able to come out of that and see where God has led me, um, it just has been such a lesson in trust and just a lesson in um, how He truly cares for us and all of those little details and all those little sort of musings of our heart that may seem insignificant. You know, I think a lot of people could could argue that fashion is super frivolous, <laughs> and God doesn't care about that, but um, you know, he is the author of beauty. He's the author of life. If you look at one flower that bloomed this spring, you'll just think, gosh, he's the best designer going, you know, um, mm-hmm. so he truly does care. And I think beauty, we can use beauty and use, you know, um, the way that we put ourselves out into the world as a way to reflect that love that he has.
0: Oh um, my gosh. Mic it's drop. Like a thank you. It's like a
1: thank you back to God. Yeah. Like, thank you for this and yes. I'm going to use it well.
2: Yes, like I'm, I'm dressing myself as a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm acknowledging that this body is not mine. You gave it to me. You give me every new day that I'm wake up and breathing and with my family. So I'm going to in turn uh, with gratitude. You know, put myself out there as a representative of of you, God. You know, wow, That's so beautiful.
0: Everything you said, Nicole, about the career stuff. I mean. Ken's and I went through a very similar experience um, in the film industry. And, um, like everything you're saying is what she and I have talked about for 10 years, which was like the two roads was a very clear thing for, for both of us. I mean, Ken's was working for Zach Galifianakis. I was working for directors and producers. And, and at the same time, we were dating these guys who we ended up marrying. But it was literally like, okay, do you want family life or do you want this industry? And mm-hmm. kind of like you beautifully pointed out, Our bosses, our different bosses throughout the different film adventures, they weren't, I mean, the lives that we were seeing around us, even though we had such a passion for our dreams and um like we still do but it was the people that Mm -hmm. we were seeing around us that really kind of made us kind of take a step back like is this what we want and thank god we had each other i think that's like Mm -hmm. a rare thing to have you know someone else in that setting that has your beliefs because it can feel very isolating you know in new york city in in these industries like fashion and film you are usually um not amongst many believers you know and Mm -hmm. so um but you can also be a light in those industries. So I always struggle with that whole like idea of like staying in the industry because we need good people. Or like you said, discerning like this isn't right for me. This isn't right for my family. Um, but I think both paths, there is a way to um, to to be that light. But um, we did the same thing basically that you did, and we just said, you know, ultimately we love this dream, but we also love our family and our faith more. Hmm. yeah and the both
1: and which both of you have made happen for your lives like making sure you I mean God writes these stories for us we just have to pray and ask the big things but he can make it all all beautiful like did you like you have a book like like about (laughs) all everything you dreamed of and you're the boss now and exactly, know, and I talk about being our own bosses and we are kind of doing that right now with our retreat and it's just like wait a second we don't have to be those people yeah. and those people serve a purpose by the way mm-hmm. I just know that that's not my call and you know um, God gives I don't know that the gifts he gives can be a blessing and a curse because you know when you learn what we
0: learn and and when you know what you know you can't walk away so i recently had a very similar experience in spiritual direction where i was taught i had no idea that this priest had um was once like pursuing film before he entered seminary and so i was sitting there and i was honestly like opening up to him about this struggle as a mom like there are parts of me that really miss you know, the energy of being on a set, you know, the energy of creating with with all these other creatives and being surrounded by that. And so I was talking to him about that. But then I also said, you know, there was a part of me that deep down knew that it wasn't right for my soul. But it took mm-hmm. so many years of undoing to kind of like walk away fully, you know, um, and not in the sense of walking away from the dream fully, but walking away from like Holly, like that dream of like, Hollywood is where, you know, I should be Mm -hmm. instead of just creating things on my own. And he literally like welled up in tears and he was like, I was pursuing film as well. And the whole time I was in film school, um, he said he had a call to join seminary and he said, leaving his dream for film and leaving the industry was like harder than, um, than celibacy like accepting celibacy as priest, and we just had this beautiful moment where he but then he his eyes lit up he's like one of the coolest priests ever father riley and he was like my i'm so joyful now though like i can't imagine my life had i not answered the call and so um I just think sometimes there's a struggle in accepting it but like with this book coming out like what a beautiful gift in accepting the call and like Mm -hmm. you listened to what you were discerning and i just that's so inspiring to me
2: you know i knew it when um you know last year was the most insane year for everyone i know i'm sure for you guys too -hmm. My husband changed jobs three times. He was on military duty. We were moving. We were leaving city life, moving to the suburbs. It was just we had a baby with an accidental home birth. Like we had so many (laughs) things going on. And um, I had not had the time that I had planned to write the book. And I just kept thinking, like, well, I kept saying to my husband, I'm like, Stephen, we made a huge mistake. Like I, I gotta call them. I gotta tell them this was a bad idea. I should just wait. you know, maybe maybe they'll take me in a couple of years when um things settle down. And he just kept encouraging me, and I was like, mm. just having all these doubts, like this is crazy. you know, i'm I'm just one person. I'm a mom. I'm homeschooling. you know, we can talk ourselves out of anything. We can come yes. up with all these all these reasons why we shouldn't do something. But every single time I sat down to write, the words were like, I couldn't type fast enough. They were just pouring out of me. And I didn't write every single day. I mean, there were weeks that went by that um, I just didn't, seriously didn't have the time, um, just with all the kids and everything. And so that's how I knew... God was was giving me inspiration. He was, the Holy Spirit was working with me. and And that feeling is truly humbling because you really have to hold on for dear life. You're like, I know this isn't me because if it was me, what I'd be writing would be total garbage because, you know, like, I'm too tired. I'm nursing a baby, and I've, you know, haven't slept in weeks. So, <laughs> um, it's amazing when you can see that God is blessing your work, and um, there's just a beautiful fruit of of that suffering that you endure, you know, decades and in the making. That's awesome.
1: And just jumping into the fear, anyway. Like you had no time. What new, like? new mom I mean you had two other kids but still it's always new mom when you add a new baby Mm -hmm. like who has time for any of that and you said it we can talk ourselves out of anything but the courage to keep going and he blesses it and who knows if you would have ever done it any other time because life only gets more hectic and that's just such encouragement for our listeners Um, yeah Nicole you should give our listeners any advice you have on taking risks because that sounded like a pretty that. big risk <laughs> it sounded like a pretty
0: big risk to and me like- any practical advice too of like, like we have a lot of moms who are listeners. So a lot of them have reached out to us. Like they have a dream on their heart or they have mm-hmm. something they want to pursue, but they have all the excuses, you know, or not excuses, but it's truly just the struggle. Mm-hmm. Like we are all in, in the trenches, you know, mm-hmm. um, who have little kids. So do you have any practical tips of like just finding time where you can or anything like that?
2: Yes. You know, I feel like I learned so much, um, last year about how to ask for help because I'm terrible at it. Um, (laughs) I always grew up thinking that if I was going to be a strong woman, I shouldn't ask anybody for anything. I should just figure it all out myself. And when I mess up, don't admit that I messed up and just carry on and smile and act like everything's great. And, uh, that was not working for me anymore. (laughs) So, um, last year I, you know, Called friends and said, Look, I'm about to lose my mind. I need you to come hold my baby so I can write for 30 minutes. And they came. And I called my parents and said, I need you to come help me unpack our house because I can't do it myself, you know, and uh, things that I probably never would have done two or even a year before. Um, and I know those things sound really silly, but I think no, there might be ladies who are like me, <laughs> who are like, I'm strong, I can do it myself. And you end up just carrying this burden that you weren't meant to carry. You know, like when, when we allow people to help us, it doesn't just bless us, it blesses them because they are then using their gifts and sharing their heart. And um, you know, I, I remember listening to Father Mike Schmitz one time say, you know, we all none of us want to be a burden. And he's like, well, let me just tell you right now, you are <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> you are a burden. But when you have good people in your life, they want to carry that with you. They want to help. They want to be there mm-hmm. for you. And I feel that way about my friends. Like if they needed something, I would want to be there for them. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of letting people into the little circle. Um, and I would say, you know, for risk-taking, uh, I had been having this book on my heart for such a long time, but was so afraid to sit down and just start. I had written down like titles and, you know, had come up with like Pinterest boards of branding and all these things, but had never actually sat down to write the story. And, the thing that pushed me over the edge was when Sophia Institute said, Hey, we would like to talk to you about this book. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have 24 hours to write a book outline. So I would just encourage you if you're listening and you're thinking like, I want to design shoes. I want to write a book about, you know, how I've made it through my journey as a mother. I want to start an exercise group for, you know, outdoor running, let's say. Um, whatever that thing is, just take one step a day towards it. like one small thing a day. That consistency builds over time. It's so much better to do one small thing each day than to do 50 things one day, wait three weeks, then do another 20 things, then wait another week because um, growing in those habits and that discipline is really where I feel like God blesses that. you know He He sees us trying to live in a daily rhythm. And I think it provides us the clarity too, when we know like, okay, this is my time of day where I take 15 minutes to work on that side project. Um, it really does. It really does make a difference. And then of course, pray, you know, pray and ask the Holy spirit to guide you. Um, try to, to, uh, to see where you hear his voice. Where do you hear God speaking to you in your day? He might be providing, the space for you to jump out and take that risk and you might be missing it you know if you're not taking that time to pray and really listen to him so um you know it's it's about discernment it's about you know sort of just saying okay lord i'm going to do this and and if it if it doesn't turn out um that's okay i think we can get so attached to the outcome you know and we just want everything to work out as as we think of it in our mind but i think if we do it with a detachment of like Lord, I'm going to do this for you. It's been on my heart, but I'm going to let you take the reins and let's just see what happens. I think having that attitude going into it rather than if it's not successful, then I'm a failure. Or if I don't, you know, raise this amount of money for it, then it's a total flop. Like, don't talk yourself out of it. Give it a try. And if anything, you know, I feel like failure is like when you're climbing up a mountain on a hike and maybe you fell 15,000 times on your way to the top, but you still got to the top and then you look down and you're like, okay, I fell my way to the top basically. Um, So, uh, you know, it just believe don't, don't worry about believing in yourself. Just believe in God, believe that he will guide you. And, Mm, and I know he will.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow that makes me um, think of we so we run a women's retreat and um, one of the speakers um, said you know failure is just information so if you kind of can flip the narrative in your head of you know being beat down by any sort of failure instead of just saying like oh okay that's just information of how to do it differently or you know how to find out a better way or something like that or how to just like pivot and and seek out something else so um, yeah everything that you have shared Nicole is so like just aligned with kind of like what we have what Kent and I have like prayed about for that we want for other women um, and kind of why we designed these weekends for them. um, Because a lot of times um, I think we can lose ourselves. Like you shared, like even with the wardrobe, like I feel like the wardrobe situation, especially for moms is such a visible sign of like an interior thing going on, Mm -hmm. which is really like, I am, I feel so messy and I feel so unworthy that a lot of times we're doing it with the best intentions. Like I have to take care of these babies. So I'm not going to worry about what I look like. But over time you, like you said, like you lose yourself and, And I feel that, I'll be honest, like I feel that way a lot. I've joked with Ken's before. I'm like, I need to get one of those closet people that come in and teach you how to like redesign your capsule wardrobe or something because I just feel like I don't even know my style. Like I don't, you know, because it's been so long since Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had time to think about those things. Um, But the desire is totally there. And so I think you're right, like lots of women – um, have that where like, they just want to, they want more time to like devote to it, but they almost like don't even know where to begin. And so they just kind of serve others and they don't Mm -hmm. kind of worry about that or think that it's a need. And it totally is. Yeah, that's true.
1: And I love Nicole, how you said, don't get attached to the outcome because that can go with everything. B was just saying about our wardrobe and motherhood and losing ourselves not getting attached to the outcome and then also doing one little small step a day. Like be said, we always joke about our closets, but you can take one little small thing a day. Like today I'm going to get rid of all my, you know, trash from, <laughs> you know, the last five years or whatever. Or like but wear jewelry. <laughs> like, yeah, that's one I need to do. Wear more jewelry or whatever. And just every day. And I catch myself. It's so, It's so scary looking at your huge dream, your huge goal. Um, And saying like, it feels like it almost feels like a wall is up. I'm sure so many people can relate to that feeling like, okay, but where do I start? Well, it doesn't matter. Just baby step it like one thing a day. Cause I will go three weeks without finishing a project. And that's because I did so much in four hours and then, you know, put it to the side to do everything else for the rest of the next two weeks. And Mm -hmm. I just love the baby steps. And then also your big vision is usually like so much smaller than God's vision. So I love the idea of detachment. My One of my favorite words, because I'm so bad at it. And I constantly am trying to be more detached. But it's it's so beautiful when we give it over to God and make it so much less about ourselves. Why why wouldn't we want him to be in control? Let's have him take the reins and see what happens. I love that.
2: Yeah. One thing I love saying and sharing with women is this this prayer, like, Lord, let me see myself the way you see me, you know? Mm -hmm. And because he, he desires us like Christ desires us. He gazes upon us with so much tenderness and love. Mm -hmm. Um, the minute you look at a crucifix, you think he did that for me. If even Mm -hmm. I was the only living person on earth, he wanted my redemption. Mm -hmm. Um, and, when we think of him as our father in heaven and we are his daughters, you know, like that gives us sort of a new sense of, um, of our dignity. You know, we have our dignity of being human and then we have our dignity as, of cr- being Christian women that follow Christ, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is like the icing on the cake, you know, it's the extra bit. So, um, when we let him speak that truth into us, I think that's where we start to, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I think it's where you start to connect your story with how you dress. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a public high school, so I got to see, you know, the 90s movie version of life, basically, (laughs) um, with the, you know, the preppy people and the goth people and the sporty people and all the people in between. And, you know, I felt very much when I would see the people that dressed more punk and more goth, it was just like this is what's going on on the inside of me. And I'm putting it on the outside of me, Yeah, you know, um, the dark, you know, and I love wearing black, don't get me wrong. But when you see their disposition where they look almost like there's nothing behind their eyes and they just walk with their head down, like, you know, that is telling you something about what's going on with them. And so I think when we have you know, yes, our lives are busy and crazy, and we have crosses and we have sufferings, but we can still share that joy of Christ with our demeanor, you know, as we go out into the world. And I think we model that for our kids. Um, mm-hmm. It's so important that we're not just, you know, falling into like slave of this house, <laughs> slave of this washing machine, um, yeah. because they're going to grow up and be like, okay, so what do I wear? And they're looking to you as the mom, like, okay, mom. I have an interview or mom, I have Yay. this internship. I want to oh go gosh. to, or mom, I'm going to, you know, this, this function. And I don't know what on earth I'm supposed to wear. It's like, we're teaching them that by modeling it. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so important for us to take that time away. Even though it feels like we're stealing time from our family, we have to take that time to pray and mm-hmm. to do one thing for ourselves every day that I feel like gives us a little bit of energy and peace and quiet. Um, because then we can just, Think of ourselves less and better serve the people that we are serving in our day-to-day.
1: Amen. Think of ourselves less. Isn't that funny how that happens? Because you're not so obsessed and like uh, vain when you actually took the time to care for yourself. You're not checking yourself in the mirror 15 times because you feel uncomfortable in your skin. Yeah, It's
0: so so true. I love Um, it. well, Nicole, do you ever visit people's closets? Um, do you ever, do you, ever pay home, do you pay home visits, or are you just an author?
2: <laughs> I haven't done that really, other than with friends and family. I mean, I I've done it with my mom and my sister and some girlfriends. Um, and so. Us. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> well, we joke that we've done a couple photo shoots for you know our podcast and things that we do, and we just pack a suitcase full of Lord knows what, and we just show up. We're like, well, what should we wear? And like, it's just it's so funny when you when that's not your thing. It's mm-hmm. like you really have to kind of <laughs> put it's it funny. all together. But um, yeah, you should like do a course or something. I don't know if you've ever thought of doing that, but I think that um. I think a lot of women would love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun.
0: So, Nicole, where can um, listeners find your book? Where can they order it tonight, today, if they're listening and they want to get a copy of it?
2: So they can go to sophiainstitute.com slash wow, or they can look on Amazon. And um, I think even Barnes & Noble and Books A Million was also stocking it. I'm not quite sure, but um, it is available on Sophia and amazon
1: amazing awesome i cannot wait to read this book me too i can't
2: i'm so excited for you guys to get it and see it and just experience it i feel like you can page through and look at just the pictures and the design and then other times you can just stop and read a chapter at a time and like take it in um and I've had other people say they've read it all in one sitting, so I'm not sure. But um, you know, it's it's yeah. it's just a, a fun uh it was just such a fun project, and I'm so grateful um, that more women can hear this message that we're worthy um and and really begin to implement it into their lives. Ah,
0: oh, that's okay, so beautiful. Nicole. Thank you so much for being with us today, Nicole. Yeah, thank Nicole, you for having
2: thank you. me.
1: Hey, Nicole, would you end? with a prayer for our, all of our listeners.
2: Oh, that awesome. sure. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we've spent together growing and talking and growing in friendship and, and talking about how dear we are to you. Thank you for telling us in scripture, how beloved we are by you. And thank you for dying for us on the cross Thank you for the gift of redemption. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And thank you for the cross. Thank you for teaching us how to grow in virtue so that we can be saints one day. I pray that all the women listening to this podcast will know how much you love them, how deeply you want to see them do great things in this world. And we ask through the intercession of your most beautiful mother, um, that she will inspire us by her femininity, by her yes to you, and that we may give you that same yes every single day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. You guys, good news. From now until June 25th, Sophia Institute is offering our listeners 25% off Nicole Caruso's new book, Worthy of Wearing. Use code Unraveled 25 at checkout at sophiainstitute.com. We cannot wait to read it with you guys.
0: Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.